This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey there, this is Tom Jacobs. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, energy worker, and channel. On the web at tdjacobs.com, you're listening to The Soul's Journey, as the uh, nice lady said in the introduction. And this is a show that combines everything that I do energy work, channeling, evolutionary astrology, sometimes mediumship, sometimes talking about all kinds of these different things. And tonight's show, um, I will tell you, has an element in it that is that is kind of serious and heavy. It's a show about, you know, in Plutonian times, Dear Diary, in Plutonian times. I imagine that as a as an opening clause in an entry, in Plutonian times, comma. And then the, uh, the, the, you know, the thing is, uh, the thing is uh, uh, explicated. The story. So I talk a little about um, my own experience with Solar Arc Pluto on my sun right now. It's exact on December 1st. And talking about different Pluto transits that, uh, that I've experienced lately uh, and kind of what I've been asked to do and how I've experienced that and how I've, uh, in its current uh, phase of transformation, that's, uh, that's actually doing some really great things. So, so that's uh, about the show. And also talking about uh, Retea Parsons, a teenage... Uh, a Canadian teenager who, um, this is the part that's a little heavy and whatever, and some of you might not want to be listening to it, um, the night before Thanksgiving, oh heck, oh it's Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving if you do that, if you're in the U.S. and you care about Thanksgiving, anyway, hey, if you're subscribed to this podcast, if you're listening live, I suggest you subscribe to the podcast because there are about 104, 105 episodes of interesting stuff from the last couple of years, but if you are subscribed, go back and listen to the uh, the show that's going to be in the first dozen shows or something, of um, maybe in the first eight shows, of the first Thanksgiving show. I do a thing on gratitude, which is worth hearing, and last year I had it repeated, did a rerun. So that's really um, worth hearing the show on gratitude, uh, having giving thanks or whatever. Um, yeah, so we're talking about Retea Parsons, who... Um, experienced a sexual assault and then there was a photo taken during it and she um and then it was circulated she was bullied and under two years about a year and a half after all this happened she attempted to kill herself and then ended up uh dying from that process of having being on life support and having the, the plug pulled uh by her by her family but anyway um talking about that i was a little process just a little bit because she's having pluto conjunct her mars and saturn on her north node when that happened and just a little bit of a little bit of analysis on that right now i want to give you her birth data just in case you want to look that up um there's no time but it's uh, december 9th 1995 and she's from uh dartmouth nova scotia so i use that as the birthplace but dartmouth is right next to um halifax it's a uh, right next to it. So so either way, you're going to, you know, but you don't have a birth time, so you're going to, you know, pull up a chart with no time. Um, so, yeah, so I want to, to do some announcements before I uh, give you the Dear Diary 
uh, portion that I that I just uh, finished recording a few minutes ago. Um, the astrocartography soundbites are up and running. Official announcement: Consider yourself officially announced. Um, those are available. Um, and this, uh, what I've realized, I may have forgotten to announce previously, is that, and this is info is on my website, but I don't think I talked about it when I talked about it on the show uh, last week, that. Um, in my chart analysis, I use a bunch of asteroids and other, you know, different things and a couple centaurs, that kind of thing. And I will be using that in astrocartography soundbites. So I just talked to, I just did one last week for somebody with a Persephone line emphasized and somebody else with a, with a Juno line, a major Juno line, in addition to a major moon line. So, so anyway, so, um, I'm adding in those archetypes, which I don't think a lot of astrologers who do astrocartography do. So this is a wonderful thing. So you might find out that this place you're drawn to live in uh, is is a is a Lucifer line for you or something. So, so you can bring light. So anyway, my empowered approach to astrology and the locate and the astrology of location and our relationship with place is uh, going to be is being captured now in those astrocartography sound bites. I'm really excited about that. So you can get that through tdjacobs.com, officially available. And uh, there's also a video uh, on YouTube, uh, and and right now at least on my uh, on my homepage, uh, describing this, introducing them. Uh, but then also Soul's Journey sound bites. They were not available for a couple months, and they are available now again. And people love giving these as gifts, and so I'm telling you because uh, some people have been asking me about them to give as a holiday presents this year and for birthdays and stuff like that. Uh, a unique gift of insight of you know, a 20-minute overview of what your life is about, what your soul has you here learning, and how to do it better, how to do it more in a more healthy way so you can be happier and live with more ease and grace. Live in harmony with what your soul is having you uh, here to do. So those are both available. And uh, I love doing those uh, those readings. I can pack a lot of uh, uh, juicy information in, uh, in just 20 minutes, so I encourage you to check those out. And also the uh, Increasing Immunity MP3 set is uh, still half off. I have it on those, the Soul's Journey page on my site, which is tdjacobs.com forward slash soul.html. But I've also added a link from the homepage um, uh, to, to do this. So this is an almost hour-long two-set MP3 about um, immunity. There's a 34-minute teaching from Jehudi about, from the Ascended Mastery channel, about immunity, including consumption patterns, alcohol, sugar, and media, and how those can influence our ability to feel strong. But we think of immunity, we think of uh, sickness and health, right? But immunity is a sense of well-being and you know, safety and security that is a spiritual consciousness thing. It's an energetic thing. Every illness that we have is a manifestation of our lack of feeling that our immunity, our spiritual immunity is in place. So there's a 34-minute teaching and then a 24-minute uh, uh, meditation you can use again and again. And uh, it's great. It's fantastic. And I have it half price for the Soul's Journey listeners. And so that's on uh, that's on tdjacobs.com. And the last announcement is just be aware that I'm going to do another Intuitive Skills Development Course 1, the, the beginning class, in uh, the winter and spring. So just be aware that probably starting in February, I'll announce it soon for reals. I'll schedule it, but uh, I just want to keep you updated because I know there are people who uh, uh, didn't make it into the last one 
that I did a few months ago in July uh, and want to get into the next one. So that's what's happening there. So uh, thanks for your time. I'm going to thank you in advance for your time and energy, and I hope you enjoy the show. And you can always uh, you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. You can also get the, the podcast on uh, Player FM and Stitcher. And you can always uh, donate through tdjacobs.com to support the show if you like what you hear. I think this is a bit of a Dear Diary kind of audio letter to no one in particular, to all of you. I've been thinking lately about trying to, like what it, what it feels like to, to process Plutonian material. I teach about it all the time. It's in lots of readings. I write about it, talk about it on the show. It's like a really important, uh, or it is a really important part of, of what I do and what I think about and how I, how I do work and how I live. In one way, I used to say this as a complaint, but I'm okay now. <laughs> but in one way, most of my life has been a Pluto transit, like transiting Pluto, moving over most of my chart. And a few years ago when I re- realized that and kind of went back and looked at what was going on when Pluto passed over most of my chart... Uh, up to that point, I was exhausted and I felt, uh, you know, that it was this terrible thing I was being forced to go through or whatever for this entire life. And noticing that Pluto would start to square my Venus and my ascendant, descendant axis and my Chiron, which it is doing now. And then it would conjunct my IC, the Nadir, beginning of the fourth house, which it's close to doing now, and then it would conjunct my north node in the fourth house, and square, you know, then it would start this process of squaring everything that it had gone over. That process has already begun, uh, with its square to Venus in the ascendant. So I've been thinking a lot about that Pluto transit, thinking a lot about what to do with Pluto energy, started a writing project, it's a book, it's in process, um, it's it's uh, in process. I can't finish it because I'm still in this process that I'm going to describe. But so they have the Pluto transit, Pluto nearing the IC, Pluto square, ascendant, descendant, and square, Venus on the ascendant in Libra, and Chiron on the descendant in Aries, and Eris is there as well. Eris is with Chiron and Aries, and then Pallas is with Venus in Libra. So self and other, what's fair, interacting with others, building bridges, connection, being, you know, hearing other people, but as well as being heard. Kind of, this whole dynamic is being um, plutoed. <laughs> it's not really being plutonified, it's being bulldozed, which my shorthand is it's being plutoed. But then I realized several years ago, you know, when I was in this space of feeling persecuted <laughs> because uh, the unending Pluto, Pluto uh, trip, I noticed that solar arc Pluto would pass over my sun. And it's there now. And it's uh, in one week from today. Today is November 24th, and on December 1st, uh, it's exact. So it's really, in a Plutonian way, getting louder, which means it's getting deeper and actually quieter. 
And I've been much less verbal than normal and finding it hard to respond to students' emails that I say, I'm available, write me. <laughs> and, um, and I just, I read the emails and I'm just in this still, this place of stillness that there are no words. I can't engage with what they're talking about. What they're talking about is, hey, the class we had on Saturday, this is what came up. You know, so it's like, it's actually stuff that I should be reading and engaging with, and I've just been unable to do so. And uh, I just recently apologized uh, to them, <laughs> because that's not my norm, but I'm just feeling this lack of ability to engage. Also, I, you know, even just chatting with my mom, I can't do it. So I called her today, after about a week. We, we typically talk a couple times a week. And I called her just to say, hey, I'm checking in, just say hi, everything's fine, how are you? But I couldn't chat. And she asked me a couple of Gemini, she's a Gemini, she asked me a couple of Gemini-inspired questions about just, you know, stuff, uh, chatty stuff. And I couldn't, I just said, I just, you know, yes, no, orange. You know, just, just very, very, and then uh, feeling like, you know, I'm not used to that with her. I'm not used to that in general. I'm usually very talkative. But the this processing, this processing depth and, well, today I'll, I'll tell you what I'm, what's come up today um, in a minute or so, in a few minutes. But I wanted to, I wanted to say one thing about the, uh, the Pluto transit to uh, Chiron and Venus opposition. <laughs> and, uh. I, um, the other day, my girlfriend said, uh, I don't know if it was late or early, but whatever it was, I was not very talkative. And she said, hey, can I show you this picture? Can I show you something? And I knew that she was going to reach for her phone. I said, I'm not in the mood for anything on Facebook or, you know, something cute or interesting. She said, oh, no, and that's that. It's not that. So she got her phone. And she showed me, like, she pulled her phone up, and there's a picture of a chimpanzee in a director's chair <laughs> um, reading a book. <laughs> can't see what the book is. We even made it bigger. But can't see what the book is. And this is part of a, an album cover for um, a comedy album from, I guess it's maybe the 60s or 70s, I don't know, uh, of, of, like, the best of British comedy. Somehow, maybe one of the people, one of the performers or one of the producers is named Tom Jacobs. So this is the image that is most often attached when, you know, that shows up as the album artwork when she listens to my podcast or channeling things from Jehudi that I brought through that she has on her phone. And, you know, this is Pluto Square Venus opposing Chiron on the Descendant. And I and I was I was kind of I was kind of I mean it was funny but also part of me was kind of and I paused and then I had this memory come back which I haven't thought of in I don't know maybe several years and prior to that probably hadn't thought of in ten or fifteen years like I have you know rarely revisited this but um, when I was and I want to say it was um, I want to say it was third or fourth it was either third or fourth grade and um, one day for art class. Oh wait! It, time for a break. Uh, put a put a pause on that. This is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey. Stick with me. I'll be right back.
Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When I was in, I want to say it was, um, I want to say it was third or fourth, it was either third or fourth grade. And um, one day for art class, we were paired off to draw a portrait of, of another person, of another student. And I was paired with a young man who looked to me like a monkey. And I'm, I'm not kidding, and there's nothing like racial or bigoted in here. He just like... His face, just like some shapes of things on his face, I was like, this kid looks to me like a monkey, <laughs> you know. I, and um, I and I took very seriously this assignment, very seriously. And um, I I drew him as best I could, and you know whatever. I'm like ten or <laughs> ten or eleven years old, but I'm doing this and I'm committed to it, and I'm, you know, very serious little little Tom. And uh, <laughs> and at the end, and we don't see what the other person's drawing. And at the end, the teacher comes around and we show each other what what we did. And he <clears throat> he actually drew a monkey. <laughs> he drew me as a monkey, and I was so hurt. Because I was <laughs> sitting there thinking, this kid looks like a monkey, and he drew me as a monkey. What's the where, – where's the justice here? You know, it was really, really upset. I was really hurt. You know, Chiron on the Descendant. So – so um, and at the time, I didn't say anything. And the teacher kind of said something like, oh, that's not funny. She said something very um, – just kind of brief to him. I was actually really upset. So I <laughs> – I don't even think I talked about it. I don't think I told my mom when I went home, but I was upset. So, you know, here we are over 30 years later, and my girlfriend's phone is doing it again. So I had that memory of uh, Chiron stuff from when I was young uh, come up, and I was like, I realized that being it was actually, you know, that I was hurt. And anger always covers over pain. So um, I don't know. Whatever, the moral of the story is um, draw every other person as if they look like a monkey. Like include features, their own features in there, like work them in, but draw everybody as a monkey. We are monkeys. But anyway, I know monkeys are not chimpanzees, but when I saw that chimpanzee, <laughs> she said, there's a monkey on it. You know, and I, I laughed and then I was mad. And anyway, so that was my little story um, 
which is actually, it's funny now, you know, obviously laughing about it now, um, but as a little kid, very, very sensitive, very sensitive. So with this, um, with um, the Pluto square Venus Chiron, Venus on the ascendant, Chiron on the descendant, I do have experiences in my life in which I approach somebody as Venus, but then I'm opposed by Chiron. I encounter Chiron, and that you know, or, or I'm blocked by the reality of Chiron. That's actually been very, very common, um, very, very common in my life. I bring Venus, but I find I, I bring sweetness or sensuality or the desire to engage, and I find woundedness or, you know, people with, with um, you know, Chiron and Aries on the Descendant. I find, you know, I if I initiate, I can find other people's problems with people initiating is what I'm getting at. So I've had that come up a lot of my life. And this, and this Pluto transit that's, that's just kind of starting to, you know, it's it's almost over. Maybe it's two thirds of the way through ish. Has got me to the place where I'm less frustrated about it because I'm 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 more intentionally observing the patterns. It's even to the place of if I assert what I want or ask for what I want or ask for something in return for something, um, it becomes unavailable, and that's been perplexing, and that's why I get so frustrated about. Um, support for the show. It's not a big, I mean, to nobody else it's a big deal, but for me it's like every time I ask for something, I'm blown off or ignored or people can't hear me or circumstance comes up. And it's, and so when it comes down to the show, it's like um, there is, you know, a clear metric that can be uh, identified, which is monetary support. So part of me has put energy on that of, well, if people don't support the show, then, you know, then everybody and everybody can go to you know just hell hell you know just like kind of like um that kind of energy of like well then if i can't ask for what i want or need then i won't ask anybody for anything so the other thing about this pluto transit is that when i stop asking then it shows up now but if i don't ask in the beginning it doesn't happen nothing happens if i ask the answer is no or can't or circumstantial inevitability, but if I get frustrated and stop, it's just I've been I've been really kind of um, in some way for a couple of years kind of going crazy about this, maybe a year and a half going crazy about it, and then I had uh, a few readings last week. I had three readings where I actually hired people. <laughs> um, two out of the three were hires. One was a trade, uh, but I actually hired two people to read me, as I'm always reading other people, and one of them was talking about. Um, well, this is this his name is Hal Barr, and he's going to be on the show on uh, live on uh, January seventh. He'll be my guest on the show talking about astrology and human design. He started as an astrologer, has been doing that quite a long time, and then four years ago began practicing after a period of study, began practicing human design. So he was t- explaining to me how my my human design chart is the chart of somebody who needs to wait. So that piece of information, like not necessarily initiate everything, but wait. And for those of you into uh, human design, I have an undefined throat center. And so the idea is that I may not uh, manifest things, but I can respond to others and I can amplify things in the collective. I can do different kinds of things with my throat, my throat center about manifestation and other things, but 
I need to kind of wait for someone to offer or bring me something. So anyway, so that is clarity, and uh, I was really grateful uh, for Hal's reading. Um, <laughs> so I'm having some clarity about that, and that makes more sense, and I'm having more, I'm therefore able to have some more peace about what's happening, knowing that this is one dimension of this transit, is to show me that I have Venus on the Ascendant, so I keep going out with Venus, right? But that's initiating, the Ascendant. Energy is initiation, initiating. And what I find is that, you know, there's a hot potato thing or oil and water or a weird disconnect rhythm-wise. So I've been relaxing about that quite a lot, and that's been that's been great. So on that front, the Pluto transit is successful. <laughs> um, but there's still this, this part of me that believes that I can't ask anyone for anything. And a part of me that believes that nobody wants to support love or give me anything. You know, nobody wants to play with me and engage with me. And so that I'm still in process with. I'm not going to say more about that, but just um, just a sense of loneliness, frankly. You know, like if you always show up as Venus and you're always encountering somebody else's Chiron, you're you're the hot potato. They can't they don't want to do with you because you trigger their wounding. You, you know, and and I I do. I have a very strong energy that triggers, for example, in dating scenarios, that you know, in romantic sexual kinds of scenarios, that can trigger. Uh, first of all, because I carry this strong energy, lots, you know, there are women who have been abused in different ways sexually who are drawn to me. And then if we start a conversation, then I'm triggering their woundedness. So that's great if it's my job, but my personal life is not my job. So that kind of thing is still in process too, because I'm still trying to figure out the right chironic response to that. And in my, my present partnership, I've been um, with my girlfriend for about three and a half years, and we've lived together just over three years. And I can see how I'm not, I know I'm not responsible for her Chiron issues, whatever they may be. Um, but I can help when I can, but kind of staying present and not you know, it's just it's kind of like this weird dance of trying to find the right rhythm because I'm still Venus, Venus on the Libra ascendant. The other thing that's becoming clear as the uh, not as the Pluto transit plays out, the square to the to ascendant, descendant, and Venus Chiron opposition, but more the um, solar arc Pluto over the Sun. Something has become articulated in my mind that has that has happened quite a lot of my life, and it is that. So just so you know, I have a 12-degree Libra rising. Venus is at 10, so it's just under 2 degrees. It's like a degree and 50 minutes into the 12th, so it's it's above the horizon. And that means that the light breaking over the horizon when I was born was Venus in Libra. So Venus is very loud for me, and I seem nice. <laughs> I seem kind. But <laughs> like, where is this going to go? Uh, but in the 12th house is Pluto, and it's at three and a half degrees. So it's seven degrees from Venus, six and a half degrees from Venus, and, uh, you know, plus two, eight and a half degrees-ish, almost nine from the Ascendant. So people come up to me and say, hey, you're Venus. I turn around, look them in the eye, and they're like, ah, you're Pluto. And they get scared and they get nervous. And this is not putting people down or saying that I'm like, tyrannical or awful, but there's a definite plutonium vibration that people do not see right away. It's in the 12th, 
through a conjunction carried to the ascendant. You can also think about, um, see suddenly I'm out of diary mode and into teaching mode, but I'll just do this for a second. Think about think about things in the 12th house. You know, they're operating in this other plane, this, this need to operate in this other dimension. But when they're close to the ascendant or through conjunction, you know, close to the ascendant, there's something carried from the 12th into the 1st. So somebody with Jupiter there, for example, you know, a couple or three degrees above the horizon in the 12th, uh, may not, but still conjunct the ascendant, of course, may not own the Jupiter energy, but others will feel that person bringing it through. And the same thing with my Venus and Pluto. I show up as Venus, but Pluto is there. Like Pluto is dragged into my first house through that conjunction to the ascendant. It's a really interesting effect if you're not me living with this one. <laughs> it's a, you know, just a, academically, it's an interesting uh, idea or interesting thing that happens. But with the solar arc Pluto on my sun, what I've been able to articulate is that, um, that, that, that people don't sometimes expect me to be as Plutonian as I am. Now, I could be having a great day, but I still have a strong Pluto energy. You know, I could be joking and being joyful and bringing out a lot of Sagittarius energy, but I still have that Pluto-Venus energy in there, still have a Scorpio sun. So now that solar arc Pluto is on the sun, there's this pressure to reorient my sun, to let something get bulldozed about who I think I am. What what has happened is that um, the way that I deal with frustration and anger has radically shifted almost overnight, and I and I still have some moments that are that are um, not attractive regarding expressing frustration, <laughs> but there's been this radical shift that occurred after a particular wave breaking. Sounds wonderful, a wave breaking. But when I talk about that as far as working with deep emotions or intense emotions, whether it's pain, grief, anger, whatever it is, sadness, betrayal, you know, feeling betrayed, whatever, sense of abandonment, something very intense, um, the wave breaking means the thing has to get louder and louder and louder till it's in the light of full conscious awareness, and then the wave can break. So I was actually in this frustrated place one morning, and I don't think it was even a week ago. And uh, if anyone were to hear me, they'd probably think that I was having a nervous breakdown. And, and I kind of was, in a way. Um, and at the end of it, I was exhausted, and I didn't want to do it anymore. Now, I've said before, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I've said that a billion times. This doesn't work. But I never, I don't think I had previously let that wave really come up so it actually could break. You know, think about that image of, of a wave in the, at, the, at the ocean, at the beach. And how the, you know, you see the, you see the, uh, the energy moving toward you, right? The form of the wave that is about to maybe, you know, roll over itself, so to speak, and break. But it doesn't really ever get broken. And that's kind of how I have lived with it. But anyway, this wave broke and something changed. And now even, you know, I've talked about the dog barking uh, in my neighborhood and I'm experiencing it a little differently. And that's really a blessing, to be honest with you. 
Uh, also, in those readings, in a couple of those readings, I asked about uh, the dog barking energy, the issue, and um, got got actually for the first time from Hal actually got um, some useful information. Like the first thing that vibrated as true, the first thing that vibrated as real and true, and that was um, that was really great. For tonight's show, I was going to do this thing I've been thinking about for um, I don't know maybe six or eight weeks called What If, and I was going to ask you a bunch of questions. It was going to be very stimulating. I'll do it someday. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, I was listening to uh, a podcast this morning, which was uh, on the media from, I think, PRI, Public Radio International. And they were talking with the father of this uh, uh, Canadian teenager who had taken her own life uh, last year, 2013, maybe a year and a half ago, after being raped a couple, uh, almost two years prior to that. So that happened when she was 15. When she was 17, she uh, attempted suicide, but it, it didn't work the whole way, but it worked enough that they took her off life support event, you know, after a while. Like, they realized it wasn't going to get better. Her name was Retea Parsons. This was in Nova Scotia. And apparently... I live in a box. I've lived in like under a rock, under a tiger iron piece, in my office. Um, but this was has been really big news, talking about bullying, cyberbullying, and uh, a picture of the attack. There, there were four boys who did this, and a picture was taken by one of them during this, during one of these uh, parts of this scenario, and that was circulated. And so when it was reported there wasn't enough. You can read a ton about this online, by the way. I'm just giving you an overview if you don't know about it. Um, the authorities decided there was not enough evidence to prosecute for sexual assault, but they did bring charges of child pornography because she was a minor and this picture was distributed and that's a crime. So anyway, there's all these things about that, but her dad was being interviewed talking about how the names of uh, a child in distributed child pornography that's protected by Canadian law. So he's, you know, so no journalist is allowed to print her name in Canada because she's supposed to be protected. Well, she's dead. So he's, you know, so he's just making a big noise about about how the authorities have played this wrong and how the law needs to be changed and all this stuff. And it kind of compelled me, not him in the um, survivor mode or the victim mode, you know, of like this terrible thing has happened to my daughter, my family. You know, he's not not his deal drew me in, but something about it. So I came home and I read about it. Oh, and after that was the inter- was an interview with uh, George Takei, the actor from the original Star Trek, and. Uh, I've been thinking about him for months, and he was on a Terry Gross Fresh Air interview a couple months ago, and and I just I enjoyed hearing him and learning about him instead of just having him be like this symbol of something, you know, um, whatever it is. He's got different causes that he's that he's uh, out and you know loud and out and about with or loud and proud with. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of them is that that he's gay, so he campaigns on behalf of like marriage equality as well as just gay rights in general. Um, but also putting attention on the internment of uh, Japanese Americans during World War II, which is which was his family, 
including himself. So he remembers being a child, four or five you know years old, behind the barbed wire fence, like you know going to the latrine with his dad, like you know like like being in this in this camp environment. Um. So anyway, so then I was I was biking actually I was biking around and when I got home I said yeah I'm gonna do tonight's show because each of them has become a symbol. He came out of the closet at age 68. Um, and there's a story there. And he did that because um, he was incensed that uh, after both houses of the California legislature had passed um, an Equal Rights Marriage Act something or other about about allowing gay marriage and you know equal rights in marriage, after that, the... Uh, Governor Governor Schwarzenegger had a governor at the time had uh, vetoed it, and he had run on this platform saying, "I am I am a friend of the gays," I'm paraphrasing. You know, he basically said that. So, so anyway, so Takei was upset, and he you know spoke out and and became and it's become this anyway. So I thought about talking about how they're each becoming a symbol. Well, neither has birth times. So I sat at my desk kind of like making notes on things, doing bookkeeping, doing emails and phone calls for a couple hours while thinking about uh, what the show was going to be about. And I realized, well, I really want to do a karmic profile of George Takei, um, including some transits for when he came out of the closet. But then I'm just still thinking about this uh, – this uh, teenager, and so I'm sitting here thinking, like, well, what is it? Because it's not the sadness of the story. It's not the compelling tragedy of the story. Because as I as I tune into her energy, this young woman who took her, you know, who uh, attempted suicide and then ended up dying, uh, I don't feel that she's stuck on Earth hanging around. I feel that she's in orientation which is where we all need to go once we pass away, is, you know, essentially going into what we call the light and getting shown the purpose of our choices and our lives and our most important relationships. And, you know, given the context from the soul's point of view, why do these things happen? So as I tune into her energy, she's peaceful and I don't feel her stuck hanging around. Because I was like, well, maybe if she's hanging around, maybe I'm, focusing on this and compelled because um, because maybe I can help her release. I've done that with different different spirits. Um, anyway, I've done that. I've talked about that on different shows um, in the past. Oh, oh, wait. It's time for another break. Hold that thought. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I'll be right back. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. 
Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Because maybe I can help her release. I've done that with different different spirits. Um, anyway, I've done that. I've talked about that on different shows um, in the past. But that wasn't it, because she feels peaceful. So then I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to somehow be involved. And I was like, what? Be involved in the uh, ongoing conversation about, you know. And I'm like, no, that's not it. That can't be it. You know, the ongoing conversation about whatever it is, like, telling her family that she's at peace. I'm like, no, I, that's not it either. And then I realized that um, it's really just the Plutonian nature of the story that's drawing me in. And that's when I realized, oh, right, it's about a week. I had that date December 1st in my mind. Oh, that's right, it's about a week until uh, that solar arc Pluto is directly on my sun meaning it's like a minute of or minute of arc away. It's very, very close, right? It's just sitting right there. So just the Plutonian nature of the story. And uh, I looked at her transits, which I will uh, I will pull up now. And I thought when I was thinking about all this, well, yeah, I'll do a thing. I'll talk about the transits and progressions at the time of the sexual assault, and then also the, the when she attempted suicide. But I, but when I do that, it's not to tell you this is why somebody did something or this is why it happened, but to kind of explain the emotional uh, stuff that that might have been going on. You know, the kind uh, because you know, for example, she has um, at the time of the assault, Pluto transiting her Mars in Capricorn. And uh, Uranus was almost going to square it. Uranus was not quite there yet. And uh, the first several Pluto-Uranus squares did did uh, activate that Mars. And so she lived with that for a while, for over a year before you know before she ended up attempting to take her own life. But anyway, so so lots of people have Pluto transit their Mars and they don't kill themselves and they're not raped. So I don't like to say like, oh well, at the time that this happened, like the, you know, this is why that happened. That that's not that's not um, soulful, grounded, smart, spiritual, savvy astrology. But to just look at what invitations she was she was getting, and for example, at the time of this assault, transiting Saturn. Uh, is on her north node in Libra, so opposing her south node, while Pluto's on the south node ruler. So she's feeling Plutonian pressure on herself. South node ruler indicates her role in many lives. And all this, the way I do this is outlined in the Soul's Journey trilogy of books and the Reading the Soul's Journey course on tdjacobs.com. But transiting Saturn in Libra, how can we get along? How, how can we create fairness and harmony? How can we create peace? And her north node is there. Part of her once having experienced an Aries trauma, Mars-related trauma, like sexual assault. Um, North Node is what we haven't done a lot. So she hasn't experienced justice, fairness, harmony, and equality much in many lives. So there's that sense of despair that, that this is it. This humiliation after having 
and also the uh, the bullying and the teasing and the people you know defending the boys who were accused of doing this and uh you know sit, get calling her names you know calling her her names and um blaming her for for what's happened and saying that there was no actual rape that she's just you know a person of ill repute or low character or something like this but anyway um yeah, so Saturn's transiting that north node, saying, you know, do, are you willing to do something to create justice? And of course, this overwhelmed her. So there's no judgment for me about that. But that's that's like one of the invitations. Saturn opposing the south node is on the north node. Um, and uh, yeah, and Pluto over over that Mars is over that Mars is a big deal. But anyway, so I was going to look at like some transits like that, um, <laughs> like I just did. Um, but I didn't want to give this image of, well, this is, this is why it happened. You know, that's why it happened. And then I just, uh, started focusing on it and I realized, um, well, I'm already aware that, you know, my own Mars is square my nodes in the first house in Libra, as is Chiron and Aries and the Descendant. And I am aware that in other lives that I'm misusing sexual energy. So maybe I'm drawn to this story because I'm in this Plutonian time and I need to, you know, look at that and maybe do some more forgiveness work. But I felt like, well, no, I've actually, um, I've actually done that. I've already released myself of, of, uh, judgment and shame about, about that. And that's actually spelled out in the soul's journey three. There's a chapter on that, um, being, around a sexual assault being part of a, a situation where there's a sexual assault and not doing anything about it. So then as I'm, you know, I'm actually did an image search for this, this person, Retea Parsons, this young woman, and just looking at her face and I'm like, well, what is it? And that's what I'm feeling like, yeah, it's peaceful. She's peaceful. Um, but what I, what I kind of come away with is I'm just in this Plutonian space. And if you said to me, um, what kind of music do you want to listen to? It would be the answer would be Plutonian, you know, like something that would fit in that category, because uh, I'm just in that space with with uh, Pluto sitting on the sun, you know, sitting on the sun by solar arc. With uh, solar arcs, by the way, they're different than transits and di different than progressions. And solar arc is based on uh, the motion of the progressed sun. So however far the progressed sun has gone, you move all the rest of the planets that same degree. So all the aspects in your chart remain the same, but directed or solar arc directed planets will make contacts with different planets as they go, right, as this turns, and also will um, change houses and change sign, while your natal chart, of course, remains the same. So essentially, I just entered my 43rd year on the planet, just turned 42, and my Pluto is 43 degrees before my sun. So that's what's going on. So we can just even look at that. That's, that's a great thing for using solar arcs for looking at when things happen. Like you can look at my chart and see, you know, if you were paying attention to this, you, you know, and I'm a, let's, say I'm a, let's say when I'm 50, you're looking at my chart, you're savvy with the solar arcs. 
and uh, you say, what was going on when you were when you turned 42? Whoa, because solar arc Pluto touched the sun, you know, passed over the sun. So, so you kind of see there's a there's a major thing that has to happen or that will happen with many solar arcs. They they seem to be faded and or unavoidable, or they seem that way. Um, but there's a they're not always external events, but they can be. But transits tend to be. So that here's okay. Here's the rundown. Transits, external situations that you engage with that at, they ask you questions. The universe, life, others present opportunities and challenges. You know, there's an external thing you must respond to. That's a transit. How the planets are actually moving in the sky and affecting your chart and therefore persona, life, etc. Progressions are internal development that seek manifestation or outward expression. And then solar arcs are this kind of, not really a middle ground thing, but something's changing, but it's uh, you're reorienting towards something. And so, so on the sun, it's a big deal, of course, because you're, if you think about it, you know, it's taken my whole life for Pluto to move those 43 degrees. So it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's not like you have cycles within, uh, you know, repeated cycles within uh, solar arcs. So once-in-a-lifetime thing. So I didn't think I could get more Plutonian, but of course, no matter what you're doing, you can get more of whatever you are. <laughs> but um, that feeling of letting that wave break of anger and how I'm going to work with anger, right, how I'm going to, to deal with that. And um, like how I'm going to respond, how I'm going to take care of myself, how I'm going to treat my body, how I'm going to approach nutrition, uh, acupuncture, supplements, whatever, like how I'm going to approach exercise to move energy, all these things. Um, there's a uh, there's a reorientation happening. And what Hal Barr, when he was doing my human design reading, said is the first thing in years, as far as advice about dealing with the dog barking energy because he recognizes that the dogs are activated by my vibration. They're hundreds of yards away even, and they are activated. So he says they're engaging you. They're responding. Yeah, I see, I hear you. But I say, but, you know, if I were, if I were vibrating frustration all the time, I could see them barking frustration back. But even if I'm sitting there being happy and peaceful, they're vibrating frustration. So what's going on? You know what's going on here, and he said, um, "You're you're generating a tremendous amount of physical, emotional energy, physical and emotional energy, but because of that undefined throat center, it's not you can't manifest it. Like you can't move it in the way that you think you can. So then that's even more frustrating than just having tons of energy. So he said you need to exercise till you're exhausted all the time." Of course, I know he didn't mean 24-7, but on a regular basis. Like, work yourself to exhaustion. I've had times in my life when I've done that, but now I can see, I, can kind of, I kind of, I understand that that could work. And I actually asked one of the other readers, <laughs> the intuitive I traded with uh, a few days later, I ran it by her to see if it, felt right and she said yeah that sounds good so I'm gonna give it a go we're actually uh, my girlfriend and I are joining the um, the gym that's it's like a three-minute walk four-minute walk from our house it's like ridiculous 
like all this, I've told you, I've probably told you before that I, there's a bike path like outside my window across the wash, which is the Rito River uh, here in Tucson. And um, but to get to that path on surface, like I can go, I can go down the wall and across the the sandy, you know, wash, whatever. And but if I want to go on that path on my bike easily, then I have to go through the parking lot of this gym. <laughs> so it's like I'm there every day. I'm I'm driving by it and. Uh, um, so we're going to, we're going to join that this week. Um, and, uh, I'm going to go in there and, uh, wear myself out. <laughs> so, uh, also as far as the sun thing goes and health goes, uh, because the sun is about health and that's part of what, like the, that's, that's the focus on what is being reoriented. That's the focus on what's being reoriented because I don't, I no longer can afford to spend energy being frustrated. I, I've spent a, a tremendous amount of resources of all kinds uh, f- figuring out how to focus to be productive with my big sense of Mars-Pluto energy, my, my you know, this, this uh, source of energy. But still, it's not, it's not working right. It's not, it's not enough. So um, I think that overall, these things have helped quite a lot. The acupuncture, different food things, uh, I think they have helped, different supplements. But one of the things I'm doing right now is um, uh, niacin, which is vitamin B3. And, and people might be familiar with it. It um, uh, dilates blood vessels, including the smallest, the capillaries, up to two or even three times as, as wide. So that many more red blood cells carrying oxygen can get to cells. So so you have this experience, and, and it's good for blood lipids. It's good for all kinds of things. And I'm, I'm probably assu- I'm assuming that I have a blood lipid issue. Um, just because some things about my diet have been out of whack. So I'm kind of assuming that. I haven't had it checked lately. But anyway, so I'm taking the niacin, and it causes a flush, which makes you blush. It makes your skin splotchy and red, and it itches. (laughs) And I'm like Pluto on my sun. I'm having the best time uh, having these flushes. I I took it a little bit in my late 20s, and it freaked me out. (laughs) And... uh, uh, the guy, the person who suggested it said, yeah, yeah, there's like this flush thing, but I did not know <laughs> that it would, that every inch of my body would hurt. Like I was being, you know, stuck with 500,000 needles. That's what it felt like then. It doesn't feel quite like that now. And the effect is actually fading after four or five days now, uh, which is bumming me out. <laughs> but, um, but I'm having this thing where I'm just enjoying feeling that thing. It doesn't hurt. Like it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of painful, but it's good. You know what I mean? It's uh, I don't know if you've had that experience, but it's like I'll feel cold on my skin when the air is cold, but I don't experience cold. I'm not averse to it. It's like it's like that kind of thing. So it hurts, but it's not a problem. Say it that way. And I realized, you know, when I was gonna record, just sitting down to record this, that is totally solar Pluto on the sun. It's like, yeah, you kind of need a little masochism, like of some kind. Like you need some intense experience that that affects you. You need some intense experience that burns. Pluto on the sun, burning. You know, so so I'm having this great experience, um, and my girlfriend's been laughing at me because, uh, well, she doesn't see it all the time. But if the flush happens strongly, I will start first of all to like rub my limbs and my chest and my belly and back. But then I will scratch, not super hard. But just enough, and it makes the effect even louder. That kind of anyway, it's like this sun experience of like Pluto on it. So, 
So <laughs> that's a, I'm having a good time. I'm having a super good time flushing with niacin right now. Uh, anyway. I guess the the thing I'll leave you with about this uh, this whole thing I'm uh, dear diaring you about is the need for a perspective shift. You know, the need for when reorientation is in order, the need to be quieter and to be less less engaged, less busy. My schedule is definitely lighter right now. I'm doing readings and they're going well, so you can still call me for a reading, of course. I'm doing lots of energy work too, so all those things are in full swing. But as far as other things that I might do with my time, I'm less inclined to be on the go and uh, taking some more time to be quiet and not being as verbal. And as I said, not responding to emails quite as, uh, as timely as uh, perhaps I used to or have been. And I think I could say, uh, I think it's safe to say that having a, a very, an intentional way of using my energy, right, sun, sun in the second house, natally, having that be affected by a need to be more authentic, which is what Pluto always wants. Pluto always wants artifice and, uh, things dressed up to be revealed, right? The truth to be revealed. So that is definitely part of part of the experience, feeling a sense of stillness that I can't continue the rhythms of what I have done in the past. Sincerely, your pal Tom. Thanks for joining me on the soul's journey. Next week, December 3rd, I will be talking about the 6th of the 7 uh, Pluto-Uranus squares coming up in December. Uh, keep up with what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.